say thank you so much for joining us. I, I know that uh, this season, this year hasn't been easy. And um, I was having a conversation with somebody uh, a couple of days ago about how God is putting a lot of things into focus. And, and I believe that one of our, one of our areas of focus is marriage. I know that being quarantined with the person that we chose to spend the rest of our life with has either been extremely easy or extremely uh, growing. And I'm not going to say challenging <laughs> or hard because that's just, you know, that's, that's negative. And we're not trying to be negative. We're just trying to be real. Right. So um, welcome. I know that we couldn't meet in person, but hey, Zoom is the next best option. And I thank God for the technology of 2020. Can't imagine doing something like this uh, 10 years ago. And um, but we are extremely excited to see you guys, uh, even if it's in this medium. And we know that, and we believe that one day we're going to be able to go back face to face and do this extremely well. Um, I know that for our church, it's already open, but, you know, um, we're, we're, we're just going through a little stint right now. And uh, we, we're praying that God is faithful to us and, and we're continue to be faithful to God. Um, like we mentioned, for those of you guys who jumped on earlier, if you stay all the way through, if we don't put you to sleep, um, we are giving away. Um, turn your camera and walk uh, away. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Turn, your, turn off your camera and walk away. We, we are giving a, a, a takeout dinner. Uh, if, if Robert happens to win, it's going to be door dashed. Uh, if anybody in Othello happens to win, uh, we'll figure that one out as it comes. Um, but again, we are extremely excited to have you guys on. Um, and and we're back, I guess. Um a little different after many um, moons, yeah af back. after a few months off and uh and you know it was the last the middle of last week we were um having a conversation you and i and uh, blanca says i think it's time to to start doing something with our couples again yes everyone and uh, yeah and and i said okay um so let's let's get it done let's do it and i go hey how about if we call it marriage mondays and blanca said cool and then she said how about if we do it every other monday and i was like oh all right you know i'm not gonna lie and say yeah that i was super excited but we are gonna do this every other monday mm -hmm. at seven o'clock via zoom until we can then meet in person again yeah. right yes. cool um we are also um, putting this in audio format um via podcast it's called marriage mondays uh and the link will then be on the our website bethel.one just so that you know if you miss it or if you want to share it um you can either listen to it in the car um, in bed uh, while you're washing dishes and if you run out of Netflix or anything else to do you know audio formats are awesome um, so with that being said uh, we're going to go ahead and pray because we believe that Jesus is to be glorified and honored in everything that we do and then we're going to go ahead and talk about what we're going to talk about and uh, what the next few months is going to look like for us and uh, we'll go from there so let's pray um, and before we pray, I'm going to ask, does anybody have any prayer petitions that need to bring up? I know that we have the Cantu family um, who uh, have a couple of family members that are, are a little ill and we're going to pray for them. Um, and anybody else, it's either you can say that out loud or you put it in the chat and we'll just pray over that. We believe that there's power in prayer and that God is going to be good. And uh, if you see my belt coming off, it's because my kids are inside the office. I know. Okay. Bye now. Love you guys. If not, I will pray. Heavenly Father, come before you and, and thank you so much for being at the center of everything. As we, God, um, dedicate the next few moments of our time uh, to learning and growing and experiencing, God, your goodness in our marriage. We pray, God, that those things are on our hearts. Um, you take care of. 
the things, God, that we're dealing with in our everyday lives, our jobs, um, our, our, our money, our, our relationships, our parenting skills, um, and everything else that comes with being um, human and part of life that you continue, God, just to to show us grace, to show us mercy, and that you grow us in the middle of everything we do. And when you pray, amen. Hey, so let me preface tonight's uh, talk and lesson uh, with, with a little bit of background. Um, about a year ago, my wife started listening to uh, a really interesting podcast by a pastor named Jimmy Evans. Now, Jimmy Evans is a uh, one of the senior pastors of Gateway Church in Dallas-Fort Worth, and uh, he just happens to... Um, Co-lead, um, I, I want to say that co-lead. Uh, He's a marriage counselor. Yeah, marriage counseling. He's co-leading marriage counseling with his wife, Karen. And uh, they have a TV show that's nationally syndicated. Um, and and it's just a really good um, ministry. ministry, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we've grown a lot as a couple. We, we've taken a lot of practical things and, and put it to use in our marriage. And recently he wrote a book called The Four Laws of Love. Um, now someone asked me earlier today, do I have to buy the book in order to be part of the class? And I said, no, um, we, you can, if you want, it's a really good book, but we, we, we put together a PowerPoint and we're going to share that here in a little bit, but it's the four laws of love and and, and these principles of, of how then we can have God and honor God in the middle of our, our marriage and what God really intended marriage to be. And, um, we believe that healthy marriages produce healthy communities and a healthy church. And we believe also that God created the institution of marriage. And um, through that, we also believe that if God created an institution of marriage, then we can't do marriage without its creator. And um, so we're, we're here to talk about these things, how to, how to implement these things practically in our lives every day. Like I said, we, we've all gone through this last, and I think it's been eight months now, nine months. Um, since we've, we've really had to hunker down and just start focusing on the things that really matter. And um, I know for some of us, it's been uh, extremely difficult growing for most of you guys. You know, if you have the secret of a long lasting marriage, um, we, we, we just ask that you share and anything else. But we're going to go ahead and uh, get into tonight's lesson. And I'm going to share a PowerPoint. It's going to be awesome. It's really colorful and really cool. And then your keynote updates. Amazing how that works. So can you guys all see that? Give me a thumbs up if you can see that. And awesome. We will go. And it's the four laws of love. Oh, sorry. Scratching you with my room. My wife just abusing me. You guys pray for me. Hey, Um. so like I said, we, we believe that God created marriage. Ooh, and because God created marriage, God had a plan and a specific plan for marriage. And when God created marriage, he also created the laws to govern and guide it. He created marriage to be orderly and predictable and as the safest human relationship on earth. We'll talk about that here in a bit of what that means, because sometimes when people talk about marriage and they say, well, marriage is super boring. Well, under God in its creation, marriage is never boring. Marriage is always something that's lively. And when we honor his laws of love, he or we live our married lives in peace and safety. How many of you guys want peace and safety in marriage? That's amazing, right? I know I I, I strive for that. We strive for that <laughs> because sometimes it's chaos. I mean, let's, let's be honest. Marriage is, is chaos because of life, work, kids, and everything else that comes with that and the extracurricular responsibilities. But this is why God created marriage. God creates marriage in order for us to have the, the safety uh, of human relationship, you know, 
And the reality is that we pick the person that we we want to be married with for the rest of our lives. And when we do that, um, God then is honored, right? Someone's in the waiting room. Go back this way. How do you do that? I don't know. Participants. Here we go. Sorry, guys. I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a Zoom newbie. My wife's a professional. No. All right. Maybe they don't want to join. So here, here here's here's the next slide. God created love and marriage, and uh, He created laws to guide and to guard them. When God's laws are honored, marriage is the safest relationship on earth. And the love we need is promoted and protected within it. When God's laws are violated knowingly or unknowingly, uh, it's diminished or even destroyed uh, and or even destroys the environment necessary for true love and lasting love. It's, it's, it's crazy because we, we think about, you know, safety. We, we think about, you know, what we do in marriage and how, how that is. We also have to say hey god what do you need for us or what do you need us to do and and he and and he clearly states that in scripture so for for the most part we're going to be out of genesis chapter two yeah if you're wondering um, what are these four laws of yeah. love um it's basically laid out in this portion of scripture yeah and, and again it, it's really interesting because when god is giving these four laws of love to adam uh, he, he says it in a way that is not just for Adam and Eve at that point, but it's for the rest of humanity for the rest of time, because that's how God works, right? So this is the verse. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you guys, or we encourage you guys to, to pull out a paper, take notes, and um, just, just follow along with us and, 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 and everything else. Um, but this is what the Bible says. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother. And all the men said, Amen and be joined with his wife. And we said, amen, twice. And they shall become one flesh. And we said, amen, three times. And they were both naked. And we said, amen, forever. <laughs> and the man and his wife were not ashamed. It's really interesting because God created Adam and Eve. And he creates them with a purpose. He was speaking the universe's law, the laws of love into the relationships that will cause it to be safe. That will cause it to be orderly. That will cause it to be predictable and actually created the love in the relationship. Um, I, I, I remember when we were with Nevis and Valerie and we were going over a book called uh, uh, Love and Respect, right? <laughs> Niev Nevis emphasized this statement and I'm going to put Nevis on blast for a little bit. Um, he emphasized. You've been putting him on blast yeah, since he got Because I'm, I'm ready for him to take over. Come on, somebody. And uh, he, he said this. He said, you can love somebody. But if you don't like them, it's a whole different conversation, right? And, and I believe that when God created love, he created love in its entirety. And this is what we see in Genesis chapter two, right? Yeah. Adam, Adam is working. He, he's giving him everything. And God gives these four laws to Adam and Eve. You're going to leave. You're going to cleave. You're going to partner with. And you're going to do everything in purity. And those are the four laws of love. To leave which means, and we'll, and we'll talk about priorities here in a little bit, but leaving is essentially making sure that the marriage is the number one priority in your life mm -hmm. outside of God. You're going to cleave, which means you're going to get closer. Uh, you're going to partner with, that means in everything that we do, right? And we're going to do it with purity, right? So when we leave in marriage, before we got married, the most important relationship that we had prior to marriage was the relationship that we had with our mom and our dad. 
And now that we are married, we've reprioritized the relationships and mom and dad are no longer the first priority, but now it's our spouse, right? Our, our, our husband, our, our wives and our husbands. And, and marriage only works that if marriage only works that if that relationship is in first place. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. Right. Yeah, I think in the second portion where it says, um, like the second piece where you said we leave and then we cleave, basically it's we're putting our work into marriage, right. not just one or the other, but it it's goes both ways. Right, because right? cle- cleaving equals work, right? And a cleaving is like an old school English word. But, or marriage. Right. Cleaving equals marriage and marriage equals work. Right. So it, it's essentially joining together, right, and in, in, in doing this in order to facilitate, in order to be fulfilled, Right. And, and that's and, and 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 it's and I love what Jimmy Evans says. He says, even if you marry your soulmate and you're not doing the work of the marriage, it, it's a disaster. It fails, you know, and, and it, that's so true because we all know. Let's just be real. You know, women probably understand this law more than anybody else. But if a man stops being romantic or stops pursuing then there causes way more friction than there needs to be. And if the woman, like we've learned in the past, stops respecting or, or stops, you know, uh, uh, honoring the man, then a lot more friction needs to be. And this is what cleaving means, coming together, right? Doing the work that is needed. And when we do the work that is needed, then we have what Jimmy would say is partnership, right? Mm-hmm. Partnership, the two shall become one. Now, scripture clearly states that it's two people becoming one flesh held together by God. And and when we do that, this is a reference, not that one of you has more dominance than the other, but that you are doing life together as equals, right? Even after the fall, right? Adam and Eve were trying to blame each other, right? Adam blamed Eve the first chance he got. and, And then God puts in, uh, the the responsibilities and the roles, but yet he still says, hey, you're going to do this together, right? You're not going to have uh, uh, dominance or dominion over each other. And, and we have to understand that we are both equal partners in the relationship of marriage. And we do it with purity. Um, I, I love, I love personally that portion of scripture where they were said they stood naked before each other and there was no shame. I, when we do when we do premarital counseling and we hit that part of, of of scripture, we have to come to understanding that marriage was intended as a, a, an act of purity. It's an act of honor, right? Jimmy, Pastor Evans would then remind us that this is intimacy at its finest. Mm-hmm. This is intimate in our thoughts, yeah. our feelings, our bodies, right? A lot of us just relate to becoming of one in our bodies, mm-hmm. especially as men. But this is just and everything that we do is 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 with purity. Mm-hmm. So right after Adam and Eve sinned, right? What did they do? They hid. Mm. And they began to hide themselves. And so I think in marriage when we aren't pure with our thoughts, with our feelings, with our bodies, um we begin to reject each other. There becomes to there comes um it becomes distant, right? And so um, then there will not be intimacy. There won't be love. There won't be goodwill. Um, because when we ask ourselves, how do we, how do people fall in love? 
it's when we say things like, I put you first in my life, or I love meeting your needs. I love pursuing you. Um, I'm going to be careful with my words, with what I do, because I want to please you. And when those things, um, when people say, well, then how do you fall out of love? It's basically that. It's when you aren't pure, when you aren't pure with your thoughts and your feelings and your bodies. Um, and that's when the rejection starts. Mm. So. So good. But we'll talk about that later on. That's the, that's the fourth principle or the four, fourth law. So, you know, let's do that. This is what Marriage Mondays are going to look like. Um, essentially, this is everything that we want to talk about. You can screenshot that. You can, you know, ask for this later, but, or you pick up the book and, and the book essentially breaks down all these, all these laws and, and their principles here. Right. So tonight we're going to, we're going to go over the law of priority and what, what that looks like for us in marriage and, and how we then accomplish that as, as, uh, as married people, right. As couples. And then we're going to go the law of pursuit in a, in a, in a couple months and then the law of partnership and the law of purity. I think together, if if we're all on track here and we all stay on the same page for the next four or five months, we should, um, it should say sexual intimacy, not only sensual, but that's a whole different conversation for a whole different day. So um, we're, we're going to, we're going to do this together. And I, look, I'm excited for the journey that we're, we're going to be upon. I know that again, this season of life has has either brought out the best of us or the worst of us in, in the best things in our marriage and the worst things in our marriage. We all need work. We're not perfect. I strongly believe that we are two imperfect people chasing after a perfect God together. And that marriage is a living example of what the gospel of Jesus Christ is for the rest of the world. And I think that's why God created the institution of marriage. So come alongside of us, walk with us, partner with us until Nieves and Valerie decide to take over again. Let's Amen. Dive in. So marriage Mondays today, today <laughs> we're going to talk about the law of priority. Now it's, it's, it's a really interesting thing to talk about because um, priority is, is different for all of us for, for husbands. Uh, the priority is being hunter, gatherer, provider, being uh, the, the, the safety of the family for the woman. It's being what? I can't speak for a woman. I'm not my, I'm not, I, I can assume, right. It's being mom. Um, it's being, it's being the emotional stability of the house. Uh, it, it's the priority of making sure that the kids and, and the well being of them is over a lot of things, but we're going to talk about marriage here and we'll, we'll talk about kids here and here in, in the next couple of weeks, but we need to establish first what, what Genesis chapter two, verse 24 says. And for this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother. There's a shift of priority. So we have a couple questions for you guys. And this is why we encourage you guys to, to grab a piece of paper and a pen. And you guys are going to answer this in the privacy of uh, your homes. And I want you guys, or we want you guys to talk through these. So first question is, what are the top three priorities in your life as individuals, right? Mm -hmm. And then as couples. And then question number two, how do you treat your priorities differently? 30 seconds. Go. Cool. Make sure you're muted. <laughs> yeah, we, we, if, if you start causing fight, then we'll, we'll break We'll break out into a waiting room and then we'll do the premarital counseling or the marriage counseling.
Ten seconds. Nine, eight, seven, <clears throat> six, five, four, three, two, one. Pencils down. It's not a test. You guys can go back and write them afterwards. Hey, but th- those are those are some pretty serious questions. Um, you know, you, when we talk about priorities in life, like I mentioned earlier, for a man and a woman, it's different, right? Those words that are spoken. Uh, over the things that we take priority over is essential on how we then live out our lives. If I prioritize my job before my family, because in my mind, my job provides then stability for my family, um, then the relationship of marriage suffers. If, 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 if my wife then prioritizes something else outside of the marriage or outside of the home, then something suffers, right? But God puts this all together. God paints this picture for us together. God designed marriage to operate as the most important human relationship in our lives. I, 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 I remember, you know, before I got married, and I can't speak for everybody else, but I hope that this is true for everybody else. My wife would ask me this question. Are you my friend? And I would say, yeah, I'm your, or you're my, you're my best friend. And, and we had that relationship far longer are are far how do you say before we even started the dating process before we even thought about the marriage process Mm -hmm. in my mind when i saw blanca i knew she was getting my wife in her mind when she saw me she thought she was gonna marry some athlete that was like six five built like a rock but god my apparently my prayers are more righteous than my wife's come on somebody all right god so (laughs) god availeth much in the righteous prayers So when we read this statement, right, God designed marriage to operate as the most important human relationship in our lives. God didn't mean for us to stop honoring our parents, right? Our priorities shift when we get married. Um, So his word or in the scripture that we've read, our parents are to be released into like a lower um, priority position in our lives. However, um, our, our spouse becomes number right. one or however it is arranged in your priority list. Speaking about priorities being second, you know, it, it's funny because I, I remember, you know, this, this isn't a per- personal testimony, a personal story that I'll share. I remember that right after I got married, um, my, my dad made a statement and uh, I kind of looked at my dad and, and I said, Hey, I no longer have to put you number one. And he didn't like that. I didn't rub him the right way. And he goes, what do you mean, bro? And I go, dad, I'm married now. Now my number one is my wife. You dad follow like number five, six, seven on my list as, as, as a priority comes And you know, dad in, in all pastorly wisdom says, but thou shalt honor that father and the mother. And then they'll have a long and prosperous life. Right. And I go, that's cool, dad. But let me remind you of what God said in Genesis chapter two. Right. And for this reason, the reason being marriage, a man shall leave his mother and his father. And then he goes, then you need to leave. Right. So then we started finding a house anyway. Side note. Yeah. But you get into you get into this concept of the human relationship in our life. Yeah. And you think that the key thing here is if we put marriage in any position of priority other than the one that God has instituted, like in the scripture that we've read in Genesis, it will not work. Right. Because that's that law that he has set. And again, this is this is something that we need to do and, and establish practically in our lives. Um, regardless of whatever 
comes our way. God, our children, our, our spouses, th those are really, really important things. But when we set our priorities right, and I'm a firm believer in this, when we have our priorities right in our lives, God being number one, our spouse being up there, close second, and everything else just falls into line. Not because, you know, there's more important things than anything else, but the reality is that God is always at the center, right? He's, he's the thing that keeps us together, the one flesh. And our spouse is kind of keeping us accountable to that. And, 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 and we do this with the complete understanding of these three things. We, 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 we list the most important priorities in our life from an order of importance. We, we prove those priorities in real ways and we prepare to protect those priorities for the rest of our lives. Can, can you think about the three priorities that you guys answered, right? Those things are, are real for you every day. What does that look like every day for you? How does that play into the, the, your day-to-day your -day decisions? Right. If your family is a priority, if your spouse is a priority, then the decisions that you make every day, big or small, are are um, are shaped by the importance of that priority of that relationship. If I, for example, want to go and buy something um, really expensive or, or lucrative or whatever, and I say, hey, you know what? My wife is not my first priority and I bring it home. You know, let, let's just be honest. Blanca wouldn't be happy. Right. Because in her mind, I didn't put her first. There was no decision-making process, right? But if I say, hey, babe, I, I, I want to involve you in the decisions that I'm making. What do you think of? And, and, you know, not so much that we have to have these conversations that, how do I put this? Let, let, me, let me put this practically. I want to include you in everything because you're my best friend. You're the most important relationship I have humanly, right? And in order to do that in real ways, I have to be able to prove that. And that's what it is. And as I prove that, I protect that priority in my life. One of the greatest things that, one of the greatest pieces of advice that I got um, in our premarital counseling is that, hey, you have to understand that there's going to be single guys or, or single friends who are going to want to take you away from your marriage relationship. And the pastor told us, hey, make sure that you're guarding your relationship like you're guarding your heart. You guard it with everything. You know, because the things that happen are the things that will affect you for the rest of your life, right? So we've come to understand that love begins with priorities. So the question is, how do you prove those priorities in real ways? You're practical about it, right? You, you, you come to this understanding where you say, hey, babe, not only am I saying this with my words, but I'm proving this with my actions. Yeah. If I tell you, hey, my priority in life is to make sure that you and our kids or our family unit is taken care of. And I just go bum, be a bum all day. Then that's not proving it. I can tell you that all day until I'm blue in the face, but that's not proving it. Right. Scripture then gives us the man, the authority of being the spiritual leader of our home. If, if I tell you, Hey, I want our family to be connected with God, but yet I don't take that initiative in action, then you won't, you know, you won't believe me. Right. So what I'm hearing is words won't aren't necessary to convince people of of our love for each other. It's our actions, right. communicating our actions. In his word, John 14, 15, it says, if you love me, you will obey what I command. And we can say, you know, even as Christian couples, we love God or, you know, we love our home church. Uh, we love the word. But if we don't act on it, it's the same thing in marriage. Right. Then we can't prove um, 
these priorities, right? right? If I say God comes first in my life, but his word says again, if you love me, you obey my, what I command and we're not obeying, um, then we can't act on it. You know, it's funny because as, as a pastor, some, some of the conversations I have is like, well, we shouldn't have to prove that we love God. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and my rebuttal always is, well, you have to prove that you love your spouse. And they're like, yeah, that's a relationship that I, that I admire. And I go, well, that's the same way that we then, then use that relationship to, to honor God and everything that we do. So understanding this in marriage, how we, how we do this practically, what that looks like. And, and, and we go then from there, right? And then here, here's, here's how we get there every day. We have to prioritize communication. I can't tell you enough how many phone calls I've received where a husband and a wife have legit stopped communicating over some different viewpoints. Um, and my advice always is this, talk it out be completely transparent in the way you guys communicate. There is no growth if there is no communication. There's no growth if there's no prioritization of communication. I can assume what my wife is feeling and what my wife is going through if I don't communicate that effectively with her. And I can assume that my wife knows what I'm going through and how I'm feeling if I'm not willing to prioritize how we then communicate or how I communicate that to her, right? This just simply means that our marriages must be first above all things, other human relationships and everything else that we pursue. And once we do that, we then build a cornerstone of that commitment and we prioritize communication. Would you say that communication is huge? Yeah. Yeah. Are you sure? Yes. All right. Do you like talking to me? Yes, all I right. do. Just making sure. I like keep, to talk keep. your ear off. Oh, yes, she does. <laughs> Pray for me, church. And uh, we, we just do this. Um, and I'll, I'll say this. I'll, I'll preface this. God is not scared of anything that we can bring to him, right? God, I'm upset with you. Or God, I'm upset. Or God, I, I'm fearful. God, God, I'm doubtful. God is not crazy scared of those human emotions that we show. Our spouses shouldn't be either. If we truly believe that this is the safest relationship humanity has to offer for us personally, right? My wife and myself and your your spouses, then communication must be at the top of the list. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and uh, again, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going back to to what we've learned in the past, right? The the the, the circle of of craziness and in the circle of completion and how to get out of that circle. Well, we can't get out of a rut if we're not willing to work at it and communicate effectively. We can't come to this emotional agreement of what's next, right? And in order to prioritize um, communication, there's some really practical things that we get into, right? And, and Jimmy Evans, Pastor Jimmy Evans, talks about them being the five pillars of communication. It's your tone, your time, your trust, or your truth, your truth, and your teamwork. And may I add... Um, when we talk about our priorities um, in just a couple slides back, and I apologize, I had to um, take care of my son here for a little bit. But the last thing on there was that we need to prepare to protect. <laughs> Ooh, I'll go take care of that one. Sorry about that. We need to be ready to protect them all of our life. So like with this law of uh, priority um, and prioritizing communication, we need to make sure that 
become we're becoming aware that we need to protect it. Um, whatever life's demands are constantly, you know, pressuring us to change them, uh, we need to make sure that we protect these priorities. So in prioritized communication, change the slide there. Um, I think when we, I think in marriage, like we realize that communication is important, right? Like when we don't communicate our needs or we don't communicate um, expectations, we eventually end up in arguments or in, you know, we shut down or we give each other a cold shoulder. And uh, within these, oh, I changed the slide here. The five pillars of communication, beginning with tone, um, we need to make sure that um, we know exactly how we're saying things, right? Two words could mean this different things um, depending on the tone of voice that we use. Right. Like we can assume that we're like mad at each other, but not really. Uh, and you know that like, let's, let's, can, can, I, can, I, can, I, can I interject the question? I just walked out, right? How many of you guys have gotten a fight over text message? Anybody? Thank you. Robert, for being honest, I can't see anybody else. Um, you guys have cameras off. That's why we wanted your cameras on. But we, we, we get in a quote unquote fight over text message and then we get home to come to understand that that is not how I said it or the tone that I said it in. And that we completely misjudge or misread the conversation. Right. Um, and, and I think that's true in marriage. You know, we, we can be communicating. We can be, you know, trying to get things solved. And I can be a little bit more aggressive in the approach. Or I can be a little bit more lax in the approach. And those two things draw us into these different conclusions, right? If I'm a little aggressive, it's like, no, you're trying to attack me. If I'm a little lax, it's no, you don't care enough, right? Mm -hmm. So so tone and, and communication is huge, right? Yeah, and we have to make sure that we're communicating with respect, care, and value. Especially right. for those that were part of our previous book study, I guess I could call in love and respect. Um, men are more sensitive concerning the issue of respect, mm -hmm. right? So if we're communicating um, something where our husband or our spouse feels disrespected, then it's very difficult for, for our spouse or for our husband to receive communication, even if it's true. And so men gravitate to the places and people where they feel most honor, more respect, um, and they're going to avoid the places and people where they feel dishonored. So if we're not communicating that honor and that respect, then we're not going to be able to get through to our husbands. So good. Um, the next one is time. I'm going to try to go through these really quickly because we only have like 10 minutes left. Okay. Um, time. Uh, I think that with kids, with um, our careers, it can get very hard to pan out time for just us two, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. I think that when we don't, make the time to communicate at the end of the day um, or at the beginning of the day or whenever we find that time, um, it's easy to get that uh, miscommunication to happen or it's easy for us to assume something and then it ends up in just a blow up later. Um, but we need to devote time and intimate time in order to communicate our needs, communicate our love, encourage, praise, affection. Um, and we're not perfect. I think we're still working on that because we're in a stage in our life where we have little kids and they need us all the time. And so we really have to make it that time mm -hmm. um, and devote that time. Uh, the next one is trust. Um, the deeper level of communication, 
the more trust has to be present. Hmm. When we're vulnerable in our marriage, when we're open and honest, um, open our hearts and expose ourselves, I think even in the most sensitive areas of our life, I think vulnerability is a big thing. Um, I think that's one thing that uh, builds our marriage, right? And um, here are actually, I hope this isn't too small in your screens, but um, some things that help build trust um, and pave the way for that effective intimate relationship uh, between our spouses, between us. Um, Things like being faithful and sexually pure, uh, validating each other's feelings, treating um, each other, valuing their input, um, say asking for forgiveness. That's a hard one sometimes. <laughs> uh, being forgiving and gracious, being positive and faith-filled. So these are just some examples of what that trust um, can look like in our communication. A couple more, right? Truth. Mm-hmm. Truth, truth, truth is a big one, right? You, you, you're getting into this truth means that I have to be vulnerable that I have to be transparent, that no matter the reaction or whatever is going to come after I reveal the truth, I'm going to have to learn how to deal with that. And we learn to deal with that together. Um, I remember that one of my uncles came and said, Hey, what she don't know, don't hurt her. Um, I've, I've, I've since then come to be a lot more wiser, uh, which she doesn't know hurts her a lot. And, um, you know, I've, I've then gone to my uncle and be like, hey, dude, that was the worst piece of marital advice that you could ever got, give me. I, I've come to find out that the truth will set me free. That's why scripture says that. Right. Yeah, and, and, and you're getting into those things. Right. Ephesians chapter four, verse 15 says this, speaking the truth in love. We may grow up in all things into him and uh, who is the head. Right. This is Paul writing to the church of Ephesus and. We have to come to understand that in marriage, truth is important. Number five. Can I just oh, add yeah. right here in the truth part, just something that um, Jimmy Evans wrote in his book. He says, truth without love is like surgery without anesthesia. But love, in, but truth in love is medicine. It is meaningful and it's the only way communication can be effective and, and cause growth in relationships. I thought that was pretty powerful. The last one. I wouldn't want to go through surgery with the anesthesia. <laughs> that would hurt. Um, and then you got teamwork. Men and women are different by God's design. Come on, somebody said amen. Um, the four basic needs of a woman are security, open and honest communication, soft, non-sexual affection. Don't like that one. And leadership. <laughs> but we'll talk about that here in, in a few weeks. And the four basic needs of man <laughs> are honor, sex, friendship, and his wife and domestic support. Mm, come so on, guys, somebody. And I like, I like all four of those. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Th- those things, guys, are are. are but teamwork. Right. Sorry to interrupt you. No, no, you're fine. We're teamwork is developed by letting our spouses know that we need them in those areas, right, where we, um, our four basic needs. Right. I think when we allow each other to help, um, I think that's where teamwork is developed. Right. Teamwork makes the dream. <laughs> being super cornered. That. <laughs> Been married eleven years. Oh. Can read your mind, babe. I'm working oh. on. I'm working on a. Uh, What's it called? Somebody help me out here. Where you read somebody else's mind. Telepathy. Um, there you go. Telepathy. Thank you. When I figure that science out, I'm going to make my money. Right. But until then, I'm going to continue to learn about my wife every day. <laughs> yes. Right. Hey, um, this week, 
this is this is a challenge. These are the things that we are asking, kind of quote unquote homework for the next week, week and week, week, two weeks until we meet again. <laughs> um, write write your spouse a love letter expressing to them how you desire to reprioritize your life so that the marriage is first. Um, and then list one specific way that you wish to reprioritize your life in order for your marriage to flourish. Um, mail it out. Use stamps. Don't write an email. Um, don't write a text. Wait, mail it out to their spouse? Yeah, like mail it. Like use the mail. The USPS right now needs a lot of help. Right now we're, we're building the country as we are building our relationships. I don't think the mail service will take it. Be like, oh, it's at the address then. Then they're going to say return to sender. <laughs> at least your name is going to be on it. I'm just kidding. Or go drop it off somewhere else. You know what I mean? Use Just somebody. be creative. Yeah. Go for it. Okay. Um, thank you, God, for this awesome time that we were able to just come together and grow um, in you, Lord, as couples. Thank you for your word. Thank you for just the reminders, Lord, of marriage being um, a priority mm-hmm. in, in our lives, God. I thank you for just marriage itself. I pray that as we go and are challenged with just writing our spouse a letter i pray that you um just that your spirit may guide us uh Mm -hmm. that you your spirit may um use us and change whatever needs to change um so that our marriages may flourish in you god we thank you be with every individual that was able to join us um and continue to grow this ministry in your name we pray amen amen all right thank you guys have a good night take care of the babies